Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Welcome, this is Dr. Kevin Coughlin and you're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions. These podcasts are supported by David Wolf and his podcast team, and a special thanks to them for their expertise in uh, producing these podcasts. I also want to say thank you to our sponsors, Patterson Dental, Henry Shine Dental, and Vocal Dental Supply. Without their support, these podcasts would be very difficult. As you know, Ascent Dental Solution focuses on training, education, development, and education. And we previously had a guest, Dr. Mike Grewe. He is an orthopedic surgeon, and he has an expertise not only in orthopedic surgery, but he also has an expertise in how telemedicine has improved his practice and has been probably most important for healthcare providers, added an extra rung on the ladder to provide care for his patients that are seeking treatment and for a variety of reasons can't get there or it's very inconvenient. And particularly during this pandemic situation, this telemedicine is moving faster and faster. And I think it's something not just medicine, but dentistry in particular should take a look at. Mike, thanks for joining me again. I really appreciate it. I know in our last session, uh, we talked about many things, but maybe you can do a quick summary of what you've seen telemedicine do for your particular practice and your patients. That sounds good. Well, thanks again for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. You know, I think telemedicine really was a way for me to get in touch with patients that were, you know, uh, far away at first. Um, and I, I didn't really realize the power or the potential that telemedicine had until I had used it for a, a couple of years. But now what telemedicine's allowed me to do is become a lot more efficient in the office. So there are certain visits that really lend themselves in my practice to telemedicine. And so through those visits, I'm able to generate a lot more efficiency. And through that efficiency, I open up a little bit more 
um, office time for, for new patients. And, you know, I think we all recognize that new patients are really, um, you know, they're the lifeblood of at least of the orthopedic surgeon's practice. I imagine with dentistry as well, you want to continue to have new patients coming in from time to time. Um, so that is, that has helped me tremendously. And I think um, that's really where things have been really powerful for me is being able to generate office efficiency. And, and then that, that just helps to drive, um, you know, more patients into the office uh, overall. So I've seen that happen recently. It's been a, a great byproduct of telemedicine. Well, Mike, on our last podcast, you talked about some, some basic important interests for anyone interested in telemedicine. And one was ease of entry. If we could create a platform or a software or use something that you and your company have developed that one click to make it as easy as possible for Mr. And Mrs. Smith to get in. You also mentioned that in today's day and age, not everyone is comfortable with an app. So it should be web-based and app-based. And you also mentioned that the appointment schedules, uh, some of the software that's associated with that uh, can make this transition to telemedicine uh, much easier. For tonight's podcast, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit, what is like the billing situation? Do you find that this has been a more profitable move? Would you say it's been a mixed bag or would you say it's it's maybe not as cost effective as you thought? So, you know, I think what I've looked at, and I, I, I'm kind of a data guy, I like to do a lot of research. And so when I first started using telemedicine in 2017, so 2016, I did not use telemedicine. 2017, I did. Revenue increased for me by about $100,000, which, you know, I'm, I'm giving you the real data uh, here. And, and, you know, it's, a substantial amount for for me. It was uh, it was quite an eye opening experience because really what happened was the efficiency that I was driving through about 280 visits uh, that I did via telemedicine allowed me to see more new patients, and that honestly was um, you know it was a big driver in my practice. So I looked at that data and said, "Wow, this is really you know uh, it's great because I can see more patients." Number one. And number two, I'm more efficient with the time that I have. What I found in those days, you know, I was lucky because uh, where I practice in Northern Kentucky, which is outside of Cincinnati, we had a parity rule in effect that meant anybody could get, you know, the, the office visit equally paid for, whether you're doing it via telemedicine or you're doing it in person. So that was uh, an equivalence for me. So there really was no change. And I was using my telemedicine visits primarily for post-operative recheck appointments where I was not going to be seeing a patient um, uh, for you know extended uh, time period. I was just really checking incisions. And that was like that first initial post-op visit. And then we were starting kind of physical therapy and things like that. But then I was also doing that for imaging recheck or wound follow-ups. And in the dentistry world, you might see that for, you know, uh, in, infection checks and uh, things along those lines. That's really where the efficiency can be, can be driven. And when you drive efficiency, now you open up your office for more new patients as well. So I saw it as a big benefit. I think recently people are just sort of digesting how to do telemedicine visits in their office. And I'm not sure if people are really seeing the efficiency because they're just trying to do it, you know, as quickly as possible, get this up and moving just so they keep the lights on in their practice, you know? Uh, so I think, I think it's really hard to, to see the efficiency when you're forced to do something, but 
when you can kind of pick and choose who you're going to use for telemedicine visits in terms of the patients that you're going to be working with, that's where I think a lot of the efficiency can come in. And, and it just takes some time to figure out what works inside your own practice. When you were talking about the uh, visibility of incisions, the review of uh, physical uh, therapy, are they taking a, a cell phone picture of an incision and then that's broadcast to you as a, a photo? H how exactly are they broadcasting this? Let's just say you made an incision on my left knee and I'm concerned about it because it looks a little red, a little swollen. H how is that data conveyed in telemedicine uh, on, in most cases, let's say? So there's, there's two ways to transmit data via telemedicine. The first way is something called an asynchronous visit. Okay, that means basically a text-based visit, something where, you know, you might take a picture of that knee and uh, Kevin, you might send it to me and I would review it and say, okay, that looks red. We got to get you some antibiotics or, or whatever. Then the second way is something called synchronous, which is live video visits. Um, and, and really both of them are, are equally utilized. I'd say asynchronous visits are used more in the post-operative period where we are just checking something visually just to take a snapshot in time and say, this, this looks pretty reasonable. And that's, that is a very quick follow-up for, for those of us that do a lot of procedures. There's not any you know reimbursement for that visit. So checking on incision is a perfectly reasonable thing to do to make sure that they're ready to progress to the next step. And uh, then the video visit can happen as well to check incisions that might not look good. And so those are really the two main ways, but I see that um, the most efficient way is probably asynchronous um, and kind of the most common way is probably still video. People will still you know get on the video visit so that they can chat about whatever has happened in the interim before the last time that they were seen. So, so that's, those are kind of the two ways that they can do that. But yeah, most platforms allow for that picture to be taken and sent across. As far as uh, an in-office visit is concerned, we all know as practitioners, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they want to carry the conversation on and on. You, you've made the diagnosis, you made the recommendation, you want to be polite, but People are waiting, so you might be making Mr. and Mrs. Smith happy, but you're making Mr. and Mrs. Jones unhappy because they're sitting there waiting for you. In this telemedicine platform situation, is there like an automatic cutoff? So if that appointment is scheduled for 10 minutes for a, a post-op exam, does that just stop at 10 minutes or does Mr. and Mrs. Smith have that ability to say, geez, Dr. Mike, I, I just wanted to tell you about my back now. <laughs> my, my neighbor's yeah. got a bad knee. How do you handle those situations? Yeah, it's tough because you never want to cut anyone off, right? Um, and that's part of good medicine is we all let our patients, try to let our patients finish uh, their thoughts and, and everything else. But, you know, what's interesting about video visits and telemedicine in general is people view it more as a transaction. And I always tell people this because they wonder, well, you know, when you look at your data from when you saw patients in the in the, the the office to when you see patients via telemedicine, how is it that you make up three minutes? So my average time in the office is about um, eight to eight and a half minutes. And then my average telemedicine visit time is about five and a half to six minutes. And I said, well, how do you, how does that happen? And I really believe that in the telemedicine realm, um, when, when you say I'm having a visit with you, Mrs. Smith, to go over your MRI results, 
they really feel that that is, you know, what the visit's for. And especially if you're on time and you, you know, you have that conversation with the, with the patient, I've found that it's, is rare that a patient will kind of go on and on with other um, ailments or other concerns. They kind of really feel like this is, this is nice. They're, they're sitting at home. They've, they haven't had, you know, 30 minutes to sit and wait in my waiting room to, to gather their questions um, about other things. And we, we really have a, a good, you know, dialogue about what's going on. So I've, I've found it to be quite the opposite, Kevin, where they really seem to be um, shorter visits rather than longer. I'll tell you, we've talked quite a bit about the efficiency to the practitioners, the efficiency to the office, but there has to be a tremendous efficiency to the patient. That inability, uh, as an orthopedic surgeon, I'm sure some of your clientele is elderly. It's not easy in the winter months to get in and out of a car, to get up and down an elevator or an escalator to an office. There has to be a significant amount of time, energy, and money saved from the patient standpoint also. Am I correct in that? No question. Actually, there's some great data out of Mass General in 2014 or 15 by uh, Dr. Melrata. And basically, they looked at how long a patient would spend going from their home to your office and back home. And what they found was that it was about 112 minutes that the patient spent kind of getting prepared for a visit and going, having the visit where they might spend about 15 minutes with the doctor uh, or the dentist and then going home. You know, it's it's amazing, but you know, you can spend maybe a total of 10 to 12 minutes uh, with a video visit for a patient. So now you've saved them a hundred minutes you know, of their day. So it's, it's quite amazing. Plus they can stay at work. And that's assuming they're only seeing one doctor. Yeah, it's great. Sometimes elderly patients and sometimes are, 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 are individuals younger that are, have multiple uh, medical issues. They're confronted with more than one appointment in a day, and that doesn't factor in public transportation, gasoline, the inconvenience to uh, sons, daughters, husbands, spouses, et cetera, et cetera, that are usually taking these people in. That study was done by Mass General in 2015, did you say? Yeah, and I can't remember if it's 2014, 2015, but the the, uh, the physician's name that did it was Melrata, M-E-H-L-R-O-T-A. And uh, it's a great study to look at because it will show you the differences between, you know, that sort of, you know, the, the, the length of time that it takes for somebody to go to your office and spend. Uh, whereas if you transition it to telemedicine, you've, you've saved them a, a significant amount of time. Let me uh, just pick your brain a little bit more with one last question. What is your experience once someone has had a telemedicine visit? Do you have quality assurance, quality assessment forms that are sent out? And you could say to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I would like your feedback. Did you rate this as highly successful or just adequate or unsuccessful? So you get feedback to determine I'm assuming most people would prefer a televisit, a telemedicine visit, rather than an in-person visit, just because of the 112-minute time savings. Uh, once they get through that that comfort zone of knowing that they're still seeing their doctor, they're still getting excellent care and service. Yeah. So our platform does that. Actually, at the end of every visit, the patient is asked, "How would you rate your telemedicine visit today?" And would you, you know, do this again? You know, those, those types of questions, basically I like got five-star rating. 
And what we've seen is that about 88% of patients want to do it again. They, they love telemedicine. They love the convenience of it. And about the same amount of patients would rate their telemedicine visit as, you know, successful. So uh, they, they feel that it was, it was helpful. So I think we really are seeing patients gravitate towards this. And, but it's a two-way street. We have to have the, the dentists and the physicians and the clinicians out there, you know, loving it too and really feeling that it's efficient for them. Uh, but the patient side has been fantastic. Well, once again, Mike, I cannot thank you enough. If you don't mind sharing some personal information, if people have questions, they'd like to check your website or they'd like to check out uh, Ortho Live, how, how do they get in touch with you or follow up if they want to uh, get some more information as they get closer to going into, uh, I'm going to call it telemedicine. Some people call it teledentistry. In my opinion, I don't see anything different. We're all healthcare professionals in the systems and and the interests are symbiotic, in my opinion. So how can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Well, thank you. And so our website is www.ortholive.com. We can also uh, be seen on our sister platform, www.springhealthlive.com. And then my personal information, if anyone wants to reach out and uh, get more information on how to get a telemedicine program or platform started, uh, is Mike, M-I-K-E-G-R-E-I-W-E at ortholive.com. And then uh, we also have sort of a general information info at ortholive.com. Well, Mike, thank you so much. For our listeners, I want you to know that Dr. Grewe is not charging. He is just interested in telemedicine. Uh, I personally told him off mic. He's out of his mind. He's got a great business opportunity here. And uh, we need experts like him to help our dental profession move towards uh, this. It's already moving towards it. But I think his points will hopefully avoid some of the pitfalls that any new technology brings to our profession. I can't thank you enough. I know how busy you are. Uh, you are a wonderful guest and thanks for all you're doing. We really greatly appreciate it. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You've been listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on education, development, uh, training, and education. I want to thank our sponsors, Patterson Dental, Henry Shine, and Vocal Dental Supply Company for their support. Thanks, everybody. Mike, thank you so much. Good luck to you in your office, and I look forward to speaking to you in the near future. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.